How can you get a home when the bank says no? This podcast is dedicated to the 1 in 10 homeowners denied each year by the banks. Welcome to the Pre-Approved Podcast. Hello and welcome. We are going to talk about the five ways to get into a home without a bank loan. The five ways are number one, seller financing. Number two, private money. Number three, partnerships. Number four, company money. And number five, traditional rental. So we're going to break down each one of these because we get a lot of individuals that come to us and say, hey, I can't get a bank loan. The loan officer turned me down or I don't think that I can get a bank loan. And although there's a little bit of homework of going back and seeing, hey, maybe I should talk to a local bank. What? Why did this bank turn me down? Is there another bank that I can go? Assuming that you don't want to go down that route, let's talk about these five different ways of getting a bank loan or getting a home without a bank loan. So number one was seller financing. What you're doing is you're leveraging the existing seller's capital or equity in the home. This is oftentimes called owner finance, maybe like a subject to a wrap mortgage or even doing like a rent to own on someone who owns this house. So if you think about it, let's say someone owns a $200,000 house free and clear. Now, normally you would go to buy that home for $200,000, you'd get a bank loan for $190,000, and then you would come up with $10,000. Well, the bank is financing a lot of that. You're buying it, getting title, the bank's taking a first position mortgage, and the seller is completely out of it. Well, there is situations where the seller might not want all $200,000 of their money from their home right away. What if you could give them $10,000 and then just pay them instead of paying a bank? This is, this is the t- typical way of seller financing. And there's actually some advantages both ways. For you as the buyer, you're getting into this home without the normal pre-qualification of a bank loan. For the seller, they're getting some deferred capital gains. So they're not getting all the $200,000 windfall right away. And they're getting a long-term monthly payment from you. So let's say that you agree to an 8% interest rate. You're going to pay them $1,200 a month every month and you got some amortization schedule and the seller is just going to get paid off over 10 years, 20 years, or 30 years that they see as a constant stream of income while you're slowly gaining equity in the home. So that is option number one. And there's a bunch of different ways you can structure it. You can do like a, an owner finance where you're taking title, they take a first position. You can do like subject to if they have an existing underlying bank mortgage. Let's say this, the seller in this case own the $200,000 house, but they had a $100,000 mortgage. Well, you can take over some of those payments and then any additional payments that you pay above that would go to the seller. Uh, You can also do something like a rent to own, a contract for deed. And we have some different episodes just explaining those different nuances, but really you're leveraging the seller's asset to get into the home without you personally getting a bank loan. So that's number one, seller financing. Number two, private money. Private money is when a specific individual who has money is lending you money. And this is really flexible. You can negotiate the terms, the interest rate, monthly payments, yearly payments. And this is typically a relative. This could be a a mother, a father, father father-in-law, a brother, sister, a friend, or maybe just a fellow real estate investor. 
And don't feel bad asking. A lot of times if you're going to buy a $200,000 house, let's say somebody's out in California that you know, Uncle Bob, and you say, hey, I'm looking at buying this house for $200,000. What if I paid you $1,200 a month for this property? And if I don't pay, you can take the property back. So that's typically how like a private money relationship would work is they would loan the money on the asset with the assumption that you're going to pay them back. So it's kind of the same as a bank. It's just a private money individual that you have this relationship that they're essentially lending you the money. They're taking a chance on you and whatever underwriting or screening criteria that they feel comfortable doing would be the rules and the regulations that you have to follow. So that is private money. Number three, partnerships. This is most often for fixer-upper homes. In this case, somebody finds a great deal and they partner with someone who has money. So it's kind of like private money, but typically how this works, it would be like a flip property. You find a property that you're like, hey, can I, can we buy this together? You bring the money, I'll do the work on it, and then afterwards we'll split the profits and I'll give you some sort of return from that. So it's it's a joint partnership or a joint venture and you have to be a little bit careful how you structure it. But the idea is you find a piece of property that you think is undervalued or if you put in some sweat equity, it's going to be worth significantly more and then you find someone who can help fund it. And so maybe that money partner actually has their own financing. And so this $200,000 house, your money partner, unlike the private money example, number two, doesn't have to come up with $200,000. Maybe they have the credit to get a $160,000 loan. They're bringing in $40,000. Then you're going to put $20,000 into the house and maybe it's worth $300,000 because it was in pre-foreclosure, it was distressed, or for one reason or another, you found a good deal. So in that situation, it can work really well as a partnership. So partnership is number three. Number four is company money. There are large companies that are buying homes for people that cannot get a bank loan. So here at Home Equity Partner, we are one of those, but we are not the biggest. I would say the biggest one is Home Partners of America, Divi Homes, Landis. And so they're in the major metropolitan. I think I just saw in the news recently that Blackstone acquired Home Partners of America for like $6 billion or something like that. So they're doing thousands of these homes every year. And how it works is you're applying, you don't get title of the home, but how it works is they're buying the home as an investor and then selling it to you on a rent to buy program. Some people call it rent to own, lease with the option to buy. There's kind of an alphabet soup of the different terminologies, but essentially what you're doing is you are renting the property. First and foremost, there's a rental agreement in place. You are renting the property. But there's this second agreement, whether it's the buy agreement, the purchase agreement, the option agreement, some sort of agreement that gives you the first right of refusal, a locked-in purchase price, or some sort of terms that you get to exercise your right to buy the property. And this way, they can't sell it out from underneath you. They can't sell it, force you to move. You have a little bit more control. It's not the same as seller financing, private money, or partnerships because you might not be on title these companies are buying the houses, they're taking title, but they're creatively structuring the deal for you that instead of just a traditional rental, it has this second agreement. Some of the advantages of this way is that you get a lot more selection. 
in the seller financing model, you need to find a motivated seller who wants to sell on owner financing. In this case, with the company money, they typically have a target market, a target price range, usually single families between like 150 and 400,000 that you can then go pick. And it's usually a, a long, a long list of properties that you can get into. And so that's number four, company money. We talked about seller financing was number one, private money, number two, partnerships, number three, and company money, number four. The last one is the traditional rental. No surprise here, but you can get a home without a bank loan. You could just go rent a home. You can go on Zillow, you can go on Craigslist, Facebook, Marketplace, wherever it is, and you can rent a house. And sometimes this is a good thing to do if you're like, hey, I really wanna buy a house, I'm in an apartment, or I think I like this part of town. Sometimes it's just better to rent, figure out if you like it, and and see if you eventually want to buy. Now, when we talked about the company money or the seller financing, sometimes it's nice to be able to test drive that home where you have that option to buy it. Because then that way, if you like it and you lock in a purchase price, if properties continue to go up, then you're in a really good spot where you don't have to move multiple times, change your kids out of school districts. But sometimes it is just cheaper to just rent, see what you like. And if you do like it, maybe you can offer to buy that from your landlord. Maybe you can find another house in that specific area. If you want a summary of renting versus rent to own versus owning, we did a pros and cons with cost considerations back on episode 11. So there you have it, the five ways of getting a home without using a bank loan. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. You can always learn more by reaching out to us at homeequitypartner.com. Have a good day.